Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Kropp. Hey, everybody. Great to be with you this morning. And boy, do we have a treat for you today. It's Freedom Friday, which means you call and talk about whatever you want to talk about politically today. It doesn't have to be anything that I'm interested in. What do you care about? Got something you want to get off your chest? It's really easy. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call 503-589-1220. That is the Power Buick GMC talk line, 503-589-1220. And we have a very special guest today. Dr. Douglas Frank joins us today. At the bottom of the hour, six thirty. Um, so we're we're going to talk about that, uh, <laughs> folks. Uh, and uh, a state employee who shall never be named uh, wants me to ask Dr. Frank a couple of questions, and I will do that. Yesterday, uh, by the way, I, I you know when I was on the air with you yesterday, uh, as I referred to Dr. Frank was going to be showing up. Hopefully, I'd ask him to. I did not know that Dr. Frank was even coming to Oregon uh, over over the the last couple of days uh, until five thirty yesterday morning, and so it was it was a little bit of a shock. Uh, so amazingly. In spite of the snow and ice, uh, and the and the roads, uh, my friend Stephen from Salem drove all the way to Medford, picked up Dr. Frank, who had arrived two days early because of the snow and ice storms in California. He was down in uh, San Diego. He doesn't live there. He lives in Ohio. Anyway, he um, Stephen drove down there, picked him up even with a bad car wreck on I-5 and so forth, he got back up here and they stopped by the war room. Now, thank you to Anna, Oregon People's Vote, and those of you who listened to the show who came by to hear Dr. Frank. Some of you came early, because hopefully we were trying to think that he would be there, you know, as early as one o'clock. He, he didn't get there till about two Um and it worked out just just fantastic. And Anna's group, Oregon People's Vote, uh, she sent out a quick email, and a bunch of people showed up. And we had, the room was packed. We had about twenty people there, which is about all we can hold in the um, in the the bay room at the Ike Box, which is where the war room is, the Oregon Citizens Lobby War Room, every Thursday from eight to three. Anyway, Dr. Frank came and. And spend about an hour answering questions and talking about what he's learning, what's happening across the country that he is seeing. Uh, and it, it was it was fascinating stuff. We're going to talk with him about that today. So we're going to have him on. So, yes, state employee, I will ask him the question about the Colorado situation. Uh, Tina Peters, the, the Mesa County, Colorado clerk, 
who was removed from office for looking into one of the machines, which is how we have the databases that we know the software violates federal and state law. And then number two, what's going on with Carrie Lake down in, in uh, Arizona and other election integrity efforts. Yep, so we're going to talk with him all about that today. There's things going on. There's another article, by the way, about uh, the kicker in the Northwest Observer. And this is, uh, just go to northwestobserver.com. Uh, and by the way, uh, th this is Mike Neerman's uh, website and, and various people that are involved in our movement, in the liberty movement here, uh, are right for it. And this particular story is written by Donna. And it's about the Oregon forecast gives legislators more to spend. So we, so we, we talked about that yesterday because we found out that economists are estimating that for the current budget period, okay, which is 2022, excuse me, um, it is 21, July 1st of 2021 until June 30th of 2023. That's the two-year budget period. For that time, Oregon collected $4 billion more than what they predicted. And under Oregon's corp, um, kicker law, that money on the individual side has to come back to the taxpayers. Okay. That will put that somewhere around $5,800 per person. Now, if there's two of you working in your household, that's a lot. Now, this is, now we're talking averages here. Well, the Democrats are salivating out of the side of their mouths like Pavlov's dog at this money. Why? Because Tina's budget, as we said, is 26% higher, a 26% increase in the budget. Now, she did that on purpose. They are already $3 billion short. You see, Tina is asking for $116 billion for two years. Total funds now, okay? That's all the taxes. That's all the fees we pay. By the way, fees make up half of that. You might find that hard to believe, but it's true. Uh, and so here's the deal. Dave already introduced a bill to come after the individual kicker. Two bills. Want, they, they have to modify the Oregon Constitution. Remember, we the people, and I was in the legislature at the time, in 1999, we Republicans were in control and we referred out to the voters to put the kicker in the Constitution. The kicker had been around for 20 years. It was only state law. It wasn't in the Constitution in 1979 when the legislature passed it with the idea that returning the money to the taxpayers, that which was over-collected, would be a restraint on spending. So we referred it to the voters in 1999, and I'll give credit to where the credit is due. That was Tim Knope's idea. He's the senator now who's uh, leading the Republicans. We referred it to the voters. The voters passed it. Now, it included the corporate kicker. But then the Democrats 
uh, passed a an amendment to the Constitution that said, well, there's the corporate kicker, which, by the way, uh, in, in 2019, the corporate kicker goes strictly to schools. This was in 2012 when, you know, the Democrats convinced voters to pass Measure 85. And that said, you, you still get your individual kicker, but the corporate kicker is going to go into a special fund for cools, schools. So in 2019, the corporate kicker sent $616 million to schools. And in 2021, it sent another $420 million to schools. It's going to be a lot that they're going to send to schools now. So the Democrats have said they got to find a way to confiscate it. So they have introduced SJR 26, which is a Senate joint resolution, which has to get passed by the House. Also, bypasses the governor that this is the vote to, in essence, totally change the Constitution, it removes all references to the individual kicker. And the companion bill is Senate Bill 774. They are coming for your kicker, folks. Now, Tim Canope and our friend Brian Boquist have introduced Senate Bill 990, that says the next kicker's got to come in the form of a check. Because right now, it's just a tax credit that you get back on your taxes when you file your taxes in 2024. This would be what we used to do. Sends out a check. You actually get a check. Now, we Republicans used to send that check out uh, just before Christmas. Democrats wouldn't want to do that. Now, the scam is going to be is that Tina, and and hang on, I'll get to you in just a second. It is Freedom Friday, 503-589-1220 is a power Buick GMC talk line. You better call now because we got Dr. Douglas Franken to join us at the bottom of the hour. The Democrats, folks, have a secret plan. I've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again, about how they are going to overspend and how Tina specifically is going to overspend with money that they have rat holed away that the Republicans are trying to find out how much it is and the Democrat-controlled state agencies are not telling them, which is really dangerous because a lot of senators can start voting against their budgets. And it's all about money, folks, for state agencies. Sooner or later, they're going to have to fess it up because it's public record. They have to. Otherwise, they get sued if the Republicans have the cojones to do it. Anyway, um, the deal is this, they're going to overspend and then they're going to force Republicans to have to help the Democrats, uh, balance the budget. And what they're going to do is they're going to steal all or part of the kicker and they'll buy off some Republican votes to do it. They need three Republican votes in the Senate. They need five in the house to do it. We'll see what happens, but that's our opportunity to hammer on the Republicans that are willing to be bought off and we'll know their names eventually it'll get leaked let's go to art who's on the line art good morning uh, i hope you're doing well today in this freezing freezing weather it's yeah. horrible uh <laughs> a 
get worse. I want to say, okay, that I'm very concerned about our senior citizens. I'm 67 years old, still working. My wife is a little younger than me and still working. So we have money to try to get through all that garbage that's going on by our good old uh, Democratic Party. Uh, and it's getting worse and worse. And for instance, <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you how much more money we're spending on natural gas and electricity, uh, you know, to heat our house and heat our water, et cetera, et cetera. But our senior citizens with fixed incomes uh, are just losing it more and more and more and more. And now they want to steal the money uh, from us yes. that, that we deserve to get back, right. which is going to mitigate the pro problem, Jeff. There is no dang doubt about it. And, you know, we really need to not only talk to our Republicans in the legislature, but the Democrats, because they got to consider us. And can you imagine the gas bill or the heating bill for our schools, Jeff? And it's all because that's how come we need more money, because they keep making bad decisions. Love you, man. Have a great weekend. And stay warm, because we're in for cold temperatures and more snow. You're right. You're absolutely right. How much more money is this going to cost schools and businesses and us at home because of Democrats' ideas on global warming? Does it feel like Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. And we are back. Great to have you with us. It's Freedom Friday. Dr. Frank comes up at the bottom of the hour. He showed up in the um, war room yesterday and told us some very interesting stories. We're going to have him uh, live here today at the bottom of the hour. So it's Freedom Friday. If you have something on your chest you got to get off, this is your opportunity between now and the bottom of the hour when Dr. Frank comes on. 503-589-1220 is the power of Buick GMC talk line. 503-589-1220. Emails to Jeff at 1220.am or Jeff at kslm.news. Either way, I will do my best to read your emails on the air. Uh, some interesting headlines out there. Democrat Party of Oregon got fined $35,000, which was the maximum, for the late disclosure, disclosure of the fake FTX executive's donation, which has clearly violated Oregon law. Folks, Shamia Fagan had no choice. Molly Woon, who is the former staffer at the Oregon Democrat Party, whom Shamia Fagan, and, and I, you remember I mused about this, is the fix in? Well, actually, 
this is not quite the maximum that could have been fined. And the Democrat Party is vowing to fight it because they said we didn't know. Yeah, right. Sure, you didn't know. It doesn't change the facts. So anyway, they got fined $35,000. They're going to fight it. It was a clear violation of Oregon law. There are other people that are involved in this also. Like a Democrat congressional candidate, Carrick Flynn, who also incorrectly told the Federal Elections Commissions that it had received $14 million from Prime Trust, when in fact the money came from Sam Bankman-Fried and his executive. We'll see how far this goes. Um, if you have an iPhone like me, yesterday, the federal agency, CISA, has warned everybody, update your iPhone and change settings now. Why? There's a hacking threat. Well, last night I updated my iPhone. I'll see what more I need to change in terms of that. Now, this we're going to talk with Dr. Frank about this because, folks, I'm, I'm going to tell this to you. There is nothing on the Internet that cannot be hacked, including your stock trading account, including your bank account. On the If it's on the Internet, it can be hacked. I'm going to talk with him about because you need to know this, how serious this really is. There's a great, um, I'm just throwing stuff out to you folks. There's a great story here. Oh, by the way, congratulations to the Oklahoma State Senate. They moved to um, ensure that only U.S. citizens are voting in state elections. It ain't how it is in Oregon, folks. We'll also talk with Dr. Frank about that because that's going on. Anyway, there's another great story here. It's about how Trump derangement syndrome gave birth to the censorship industrial complex. It's a piece by one of their large, uh, lawyers, Margot Cleveland, who writes here. And the subheadline is, unlike the military-industrial complex, the censorship complex affects all aspects of governance, controlling the information available to you on every topic. This is so true, folks. You know, I, I, I want to go back to something that Art said. You know, we need our kicker back because of Democrats' bad decisions that have artificially raised inflation, folks, our cost of living. He referenced the price of natural gas. Yeah. That's just one of the things. Now, we need, and Art talks about this all the time, and he's 100% correct, folks. We need to tie the Democrats' bad ideas and individual Democrats to the high cost of living. If you try to do that on the cheap through social media, you get censored because they don't want the truth out there. Just, I got to tell you something. Yesterday... In the war room, there was there was a lady there from Prineville, uh, a former Democrat who now is a very conservative Republican. And you know what did it for her? 
she began to see the the crazy things that were being pushed on her kids in the public school system. And she just said, that's it. That's it. So this, if you ever needed encouragement, and I mean this, if you ever needed encouragement to believe that you can be persuasive with someone and they can begin that journey of changing their political viewpoints, this is it. She's a part of Moms for Medical Freedom. Even though she's a conservative Republican now, after being a liberal Democrat, think about that. Moms for Medical Freedom. Oregonians for Medical Freedom. This is a group that is made up of liberal Democrat pro-abortion women and conservative pro-life Republican women folks and others and families. They don't want their kids vaccinated with something that's killing their kids. So if you ever needed proof, you should have been in the war room yesterday and heard her. Linda, I will get to your email uh, and read it. It's a great one about taxes. Dr. Frank coming up on the other side of this break. You don't want to miss it. Stick with us. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 23 minutes before the top of the hour. If uh, if you're kind of cold inside your house because your heating system isn't keeping up, and baby, is it cold out there. I'm showing 21 degrees here on the farm. With the wind, it's down in the teens. You need to call Freedom Heating and Air today, this morning. And they'll come out and assess your problem and they'll get it fixed. Emergency services, just one of many great things they have done so well for the last 50 years in the Mid-Valley. Give them a call. They'll get out to your place right away and you'll feel so much better, so much warmer. 503-580-1456. That's their number, 503-580-1456. Check out their website, freedomheatingandair.net. That's freedomheatingandair.net. Dr. Douglas Frank joins us. Friend, it is great to have you with us today, and welcome back to Oregon. Well, thank you, brother. It's great to be with you. I loved seeing you yesterday. It was. It was was a wonderful just opportunity to reconnect with you once again. You're you have traveled, I think you said, 49 states? 46. 46 states. Yep. Over the last two years, uh, nobody pays you to do this. You do this completely on faith. Uh, the good Lord's looked out for you and your family during this time. The people pay for it. You've got great friends like uh, Stephen and Gerilyn here in the Salem area that always provide a um, chauffeur service for you and a place to stay. You've traveled the country. You're continuing to travel the country. Tell us where we're at with voting integrity and what you're seeing and how do we move forward? 
Well, I think um, the main thing that's happened in the last two years is people have, they're waking up. I think everybody had a sense of bewilderment after the 2020 election. I mean, we all sat around and watched it and all scratched our heads and went, what? Something about this isn't right. But people didn't know what that something was. And so my first job when I go around uh, different communities is to teach them what it is that's going wrong. And then once I teach them, I give them an action plan to get us out of this mess we're in. And basically the bottom line is for too many decades as a, as a country, as a people, as citizens, and I raised my hand uh, guilty of this as well, is we've been paying other people to run our government, we've been paying other people to teach our children, we've been paying other people to run our elections, and now we're suffering the consequences of not fulfilling our own civic duty and performing those duties. Our, our founding fathers conceived of a country where we would govern ourselves. This is a country uh, designed to be a place where we are self-government, where it's, it's, it's us. We, the people, are supposed to be the sovereigns. And our Constitution is written that way. <laughs> and, our, excuse me, and our legal structure is set up that way. And so by us not doing our civic responsibility, it's, we're kind of in a mess. So I'm waking people up, and, and then I give them a set of steps to recover their elections, to get their own power back, if that makes sense. Well, it does. So, you know, you you started in talking with what you thought were the big decision makers. You shared this with us yesterday, right? And you just sort of alluded yeah. to it here. You know, the governors, yeah. the the secretaries of states and so forth. Yep. That didn't bear yep. much fruit, did it? No, and it was surprising to me. I mean, my whole life, and I'm sure, you know, I think you're younger than me, but for most of your life, you've probably heard, hey, if there's a problem you know, write your legislator or contact your representative. And, you know, that's this, what I assumed. Okay, if I assumed if I showed them the evidence, they'd say, oh my goodness, we have a problem, let's fix it. But that's just my naivete, my idealism, my, um, you know, I, I spent most of my career in academics. So I have now met with dozens of, of senior people in government, including many, many uh, secretaries of states and attorneys general. And and you would think that when I would sit in their office and show them that their that their state is in trouble, you know, and, and right in front of them, uh, we hack into their elections and show them that they're that they are not secure and that their machines are online and they're not supposed to be. I mean, here in your own state, uh, last year I testified in a in a lawsuit, and we we got the um, the county clerk there, I think it was Washington County, yes, to admit under oath that that there are machines that are supposed to be quote unquote air gapped, which means that they never come in contact with the internet. They're behind a, a wall, so to speak of air that she would go in and click on it with her mouse without even a password and connect them to the internet wirelessly. Now that's never supposed to happen, but people, they're not even supposed to be capable of that. Or if they are capable, they're not allowed to be federally federal, according to federal regulations, they're not allowed to be certified. So, in other words, just an education process, even for the officials themselves who are running the elections. They don't even realize themselves how vulnerable they are. So I assume that if I taught them that, that they would take action. But nothing happens uh, from the top down, I've learned in this country. Everything happens from the bottom up. 
which was why yesterday when I met with your Oregon Citizens Lobby group there in the war room there, I was, you know, across from the Capitol, I was ecstatic. You guys are exactly the formula that I have come across around the country that's working. So, you know, this has not just been me educating the country. It's also been my personal awakening and my personal education, you know, learning how, who really has the power in this country and how we really affect change. And it's not from the top down, brother. It's from the bottom up. And so when, when I uh, watched you uh, with your group yesterday at the Oregon Citizens Lobby, I was very impressed. I know that's what works. So give us an example of how that is working in specific counties. I think you mentioned yesterday there are 25 counties across America that have made the yeah. decision to move away from voting machines. And most, if not all of them, have decided to go back to paper balloting. How did that happen at the local level? Well, imagine this. Imagine that your own citizens um, knock on doors and collect affidavits from people um, and for specific situations. For example, we discovered, well, let me give you a specific example instead of generalizing. Okay. We sat down with the county commissioners in Fresno, California, the sheriff, the commissioners, everybody's in a room. We have access to all of their records in real time. And we say, here is someone who's dead. They died in 2006. Here's a copy of their death certificate. And the county clerk and the sheriff verify, yep, that person's dead. Well, let's look at their voting record. And we discover that they voted regularly until 2006 when they died. Then they don't vote for 10 years. Then suddenly they vote, start voting in every election. Now, how does that happen? How does it happen that a person who's been dead for 10 years and not voting for 10 years, obviously, suddenly starts voting in every election? We gave them three examples of that. And then we showed them 17 examples. And this was just an initial meeting with them. We, we have many more examples, but we gave them an initial taste of what we were finding. We showed them 17 more examples of people that had moved away a decade earlier. And of course, when they moved away, their voting stopped. You can see it right in the records that they stopped voting, which makes perfect sense. They've moved away. Now they're voting in every election. Now, why is that happening? How is that happening? And the answer is the people, when they die, they're removed from the rolls, or sometimes they're not removed from the rolls, and they just, they just sit there in the rolls, nothing happening. Many times people are added back into the rolls, even though they've been removed at an earlier time. Many times they just remain in the rolls and nobody ever cleaned them up. But if you have access to the roles, if, if, a, if a nefarious player has access to the roles, they can say, aha, John Smith is, is not voting. Aha, we're going to start putting in ballots for him because nobody seems to notice that he's in the roles and not voting. So bad guys are putting ballots into the roles. Now, I use that as a real life example of the kind of evidence that we present. Now, once citizens have that sort of evidence in their hands, it changes them. And it changes the tone of the discussion. For example, we can run around screaming, we want audits, we want audits, we don't trust this election. And we will just be dismissed as conspiracy wingnuts. But if we show up with actual evidence and then visit the sheriff and say, Mr. Sheriff, please verify that these are real cases of fraud. And he does. And then you go to the supervisors and say, see, look at all this fraud that's actually happening for real in our community, what are you gonna do about it? And if they dismiss you, you can say, wait a minute, 
you can't dismiss us. This, these are actual cases of fraud, and it's because of our system that people are enabled to seal ballots in this way. So we want you to change the system. And in the end, what I'm working for is for us to, what I like to say, I want to cut the umbilical cord to the state. And what I mean by that is that in every state in our country, the elections are being run centrally from, from the Capitol. Um, all the voter rolls are being maintained centrally from the, from the central um, state level. And it's, I'm not accusing the state level personnel of being criminals. What I'm saying is that since the system is centralized, because the system is centralized, anybody with halfway decent hacking skills can get into the system at multiple points of entry and make and do manipulation, gather information, all that sort of thing. So that's what we do. And now you have, instead of a bunch of citizens who are just screaming bloody murder, you have a bunch of citizens who are empowered to take action. It's a big difference. Okay, can, can you hang on through the break? Because we're, we're not oh, yeah, done of talking about this. All right, we're going to be back with Dr. Frank. You don't want to miss what I'm going to ask him next, folks. Unplug your computer. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 10 minutes till the top of the hour. We got to finish this conversation with Dr. Frank in a moment here. Hey, I want to thank uh, Conrad for bringing us some great donuts yesterday in the war room. Bear Scat Donuts. It's the name of the the donuts, they're at the corner of Ferry Street, wide variety of donuts. He thinks they're the best donuts in Salem. Bear scat donuts, and they were good. And our buddy um, Carlton got a maple bar that had bacon on it. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> um, Linda talks about her getting her taxes back yesterday from the accountant. A whole lot of expensive things. Um, that's why we need to kick her back, folks. We cannot allow the Democrats and a few Republicans to get bought off to steal the kicker. It's just, it's too important. By the way, friends, I uh, want to remind you, Eric Azer, Righteous Renovations, is a contractor you can trust. He's a man of faith, and he lives it in how he treats you as his client. Go to his website, check it out for yourself. It is RighteousRenovations.com, RighteousRenovations.com. Back with Dr. Frank. So one of the interesting things you shared with, uh, oh, I got a, I said I would ask this question. Uh, one of our state employees who shall never be named uh, asked, this, uh, asked for an update on Tina Peters and what's going on in Arizona with Carrie Lake. Can you do that first? And then we want to talk about unplugging your computer and why that's so important. Um, yes, I, uh, the Carrie Lake case and the Tina Peter cases are big national cases. Ironic, well, I shouldn't say ironically, it's not a coincidence. I think um, 
I think um, God is using each of us in a mighty way, and I'm, I always seem to be in the right place at the right time, but I'm the one who met with Tina Peters in Mesa County there, Colorado, back in 2021, and we red-pilled her and uh, got backups of her systems, all of her voting systems, which exposed the fact that they had 36 modems in them, and she wasn't even aware of that. And we found 2,000 dead voters, and there were even more than that, but that's all we'd found, plus all sorts of other um, people who were voting in her election who she didn't even know about. Well, when the uh, Secretary of State of Colorado discovered that we had those backups, she panicked and filed several lawsuits against Tina and basically persecuting her. And so around the country... Whenever I meet with clerks and I red pill them, which means, you know, I wake them up and they're like, oh, my goodness, my election isn't secure. Um, they're all very afraid. Uh, they're afraid because they say we don't want to be Tina Petered. <laughs> OK, so um, and it's overflowed into my own life, because if you'll recall, last time I was in Oregon, when I flew home, the FBI was waiting for me there in Cincinnati and it confiscated my phone and it's as well served me with warrants um, related to the Tina Peters case. It's a, it's a sad state of affairs that our, um, our government agencies have been weaponized against citizens who are simply asking the question, what's going on in our elections? This doesn't make sense. So uh, her, she's, uh, there are seven charges against her and there's some minor charges that are about to be tried in the next couple of weeks. I think jury selection is next week, I believe. Um, and then there are things, you know, she, she uh, there's smaller aspects of the case. Like, for example, she took her iPad into a, a, one of the hearings and recorded things, and she wasn't allowed to do that. And so she's being tried on those small misdemeanors, things like that. And then later on, they'll do the larger, the larger issues, I think. And Tina's been persecuted. She's not even allowed to leave the state. She's no, she's no uh, um, flight risk at all. She's she's standing up and taking on this taking on the uh, apparatus, but nevertheless they're uh, um, persecuting her. If that makes sense, the Kerry Lake thing, I haven't been directly involved with. I you probably know more about it than I do, but I, I guess that's been escalated to the Supreme Court. My I've been in about I don't know twenty uh, maybe that's an exaggeration a dozen cases around the country now, um, directly involved expert witness in these cases, and I just have to tell you sadly I don't have any trust whatsoever in lawsuits. Um, the judges are controlled and, and the, the uh, whole apparatus is designed to stop citizens from being able to discover what's really going on. So I'm not holding my breath, but nevertheless, I appreciate uh, people that around the country have been filing lawsuits because in that process, uh, the public is becoming educated. You know, the Brunson case, for example, this week was, was uh, turned down by the Supreme Court, but in the process, uh, the public learns about the sorry state of things that we're in right now. All right. So why uh, in the last three minutes, why is it important that people unplug their computers when they're not using <laughs> literally unplug this. it from the wall? Yeah, people don't understand this, um, but the motherboard of their computers uh, has a remote control chip built into it. The purpose of that chip is to allow the manufacturer of the computer, um, for example, in the in Dell, it's called the iDRAC8 chip. Uh, the purpose of that chip is to allow Dell to periodically update the BIOS. That's the 
fundamental software that turns on the various devices within a computer when you first turn it on. That iDRAC 8 chip gives the vendor the opportunity to go there and tidy things up, fix problems, uh, so that the end user doesn't have trouble with their computer so much. But if you think about it, it's giving them access whenever they want it to your computer. And the computer doesn't have to be on, it just has to be plugged in. And what happens is you don't even know this is taking place because the screen doesn't come on, the, the fan doesn't power up. It, it doesn't look to you from the outside like the machine is on, but the motherboard is hot. If you have it plugged in, the motherboard is hot. That's why, for example, your laptop goes dead even when you're not using it. Why? Because the motherboard is hot and the, and the modem is hot. The, um, and what I mean by hot is powered up. So what can happen is the vendors, the people who make the computers can get in. Now here's the thing, it's not just the vendors. Anybody who knows what those back doors are, and all good hackers do know what those back doors are, can get into <laughs> yes. your laptop or your computer at any time that they wish. So if you want, and it's funny that you say, keep it unplugged from the wall, but if you have a laptop that runs on a battery, guess what? <laughs> That's like it being plugged in. So. Um, People don't understand how vulnerable we are. Uh, those computers that are being air-gapped in Washington County, so to speak, quote-unquote air-gapped, they're all Dell laptops right off the shelf, <laughs> all powered by battery, always accessible. That's for just for one example of, of how, wow. how, how, how vulnerable and how porous we are in all of our electronic systems across the country. People need to understand that anything they do on a computer is available to the world of hackers, um, it's there's no way to secure it as long as as long as it's got power. So, how can people follow you on the internet? Well, I don't keep a website anymore. I tried, but I'm always hacked all the time. Uh, instead, what they need to do is follow me on social media. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Telegram, and typically, um, my handle there is just my name, Douglas G. Frank or Dr. Frank, or follow the data with Dr. Frank. Those are my main handles, and, and people can follow me day to day. I posted there last night about our prayer meeting yesterday. I don't know if you saw it, but that was a wonderful prayer meeting we had. Yes, it was. Thank you so much, friend. Always great to have you here. Be warm while you're here and be successful. We'll be praying for you and keep up the fight. Okay, friend? Thank you, brother. We will see you next week, folks. Keep praying, keep fighting, and standing for everything you believe in. We'll see you on Monday.